welcome back to the next up po- well it seems to be a common theme every time we're about to start something fucks up last time it was me now it's a dog but welcome back to the next up podcast i'm marcus i'm nosa and i'm ben let's Let's get get right into into the episode (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have a jump cut On today's episode, we're going to be talking about basically society and capitalism and just all of that as a whole. And um, is it people's fault that it's like there's there's not enough resources for for people to get to a certain standard in life? Or is it businesses fault or people who run the businesses? We're just going to be touching on that for a while. So I think Ben has some questions. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, you kind of put me on the spot. I don't, I don't know if I have questions off the top of my head, but we can start with um, how would just like a definition of like, let's go with capitalism. What is capitalism to you? What does it mean? To me, capitalism is this is this might not be an exact definition, but this is how I see it. Capitalism is capitalizing on something that you have an advantage in. So if you are really good at making shoes, it's capitalizing on that and making sure that you're the best at it. And you, so since you're the best at it, you capitalize on that and you capitalize your money, you capitalize your marketing, you capitalize your brand because you are very skilled at that one aspect. That's not exactly what capitalism is. But that's how I see capitalism. If you are very good at something, you should, Try in to my eyes. Off of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, do, you think, do you think capitalism is directly related to um, being conservative or being like a Republican? Or can you be like a liberal left person and be a capitalist still? Uh, I wouldn't even consider like, I'm I'm not even very political, so mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't consider myself like a Republican. But yeah. I still believe in capitalism. Uh-huh. I don't I don't even really know like the difference between Republican and Democratic parties. Yeah. But like personally, but I don't think capitalism. Um, it like obviously it influences your politics in a way that the government is with taxes and all yeah. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the taxes, though, benefit capitalism or negate capitalism, but they don't make capitalism, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. I would also say, like, most of the largest capitalist corporations in the world, like, the tech industry, extremely Mm left-leaning. If you look at all social medias, they're all Mm left-leaning. Not to say that, like, there's an association with being capitalist and being either party. But I just think it's the point of capitalism is to capitalize on all opportunities. And it is within youth to be more popular, to be on the left in Mm -hmm. like the modern day. To be more progressive and to be like thinking of a future instead of thinking like for right now. Yeah. Yeah. So then we notice in social media, it tends to lean towards that Mm -hmm. as in other fields, like let's say 
oil where it's a conservative mindset of you're trying to conserve a field that may not have a, the brightest future. That's also ca a capitalist mindset where they, they have a group of people who identify with it, not because of the conservative aspect, but just the aspect of capitalism will always appeal to its largest um, demographic group. Okay, yeah. So capitalists can be everything as so long as you fit their model of who they're trying to, like, um, what's the word called? Market to. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So kind of to sum that up, if you didn't understand, is like capitalism is going to be marketed to the people that are going to buy it. So if you have, if you are... Toys R Us, you're not going to be marketing to adults. You're going to be marketing to kids. So whatever those kids identify with, that's what you want your branding to be. Is that what you're trying to say, Nosa? Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Even though legally, technically, you're supposed to advertise to adults. But like in the sense, you're advertising to adults with kids. Yeah. You wouldn't advertise to single men or single women who have no children yeah. for mm -hmm. toys because obviously like who would they get to buy the toys for? No yeah. one. I mean, some weird people, but yeah. <laughs> but like, and then like you would yeah. probably sell terribly. Yeah. Are they weird or are they freaky? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, nah, um, that's dead stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about like the correlation between like capitalism and consumerism? Because capitalism obviously appeals to like, the people at the top of the of the food chain like the people who are the ceos and like those are those are sure. the people who capitalism um who people who aren't those people see those capitalists as like evil people and people who need to be like stopped but then consumerism is also the other half of capitalism that we don't tend to talk about um so how did how like how did that happen is cuz I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, how do we only talk about the the people at the top and not the people, I guess, at the bottom of that chain? I would say it's because everybody knows who Jeff Bezos is, but yeah, no one knows the the worker at Amazon. Mm. So like, it's easy to identify the top people. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things that are that are um misrepresented is like the top one percent is like. You have to be making five hundred and fifteen thousand dollars if you live in the uh the states. It's five hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and up. I actually um watched a video on that the other day. So, like, that's that's clearly not the average person, mm -hmm. and um, it's not even like the top. I think the top one point eight percent it goes down to four hundred thousand dollars, and that's what like the new taxes um that I think Joe Biden is putting in are going to affect those people. And like, that's not going to affect a lot of people yeah. compared to what people think. But at the same time, those people did work for that money by putting in their work. It may not be reflected in today. Like, like Jeff Bezos doesn't have to put in a 12 hour shift just so he can yeah. pay his mortgage. Mm -hmm. But he did when, when he was 20. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, I feel like that's something that's really, um, 
not said. Like people always are so quick to say, um, Jeff Bezos could pay all those people so much more. He could for sure, but when he was twenty, who was paying him more? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, mm-hmm. people are like products of their nature, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Like when I'm twenty, no one wanted to pay me more than minimum wage. So when I'm rich, maybe I won't pay people more than minimum wage. Maybe I will. I'm not saying I will. I won't for sure. But like, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel like it goes over time. Yeah. There's kind of a line you have to walk between like being like a philanthropist and still being a businessman or mm-hmm. a business person, I should say, um, where like, I guess you have to keep like yourself at the front of your mind yeah, to a certain degree. Like obviously take care of people and you have to, you have to be like socially aware, but finding the line between philanthropy and business is like, it's like walking a tightrope. Well, it's it's interesting because I would say like the best boss that I've ever had wasn't the boss that paid me the most. It was the one that treated me the most like a human. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really underrated thing. Like mm-hmm. when I work with people, I don't want them to feel like I'm in charge. Yeah. And like, why would I want to do that? Mm-hmm. Like if people come to my studio, I don't even want to feel like it's my studio. It's like, Right now, it's our studio. We're just sharing the time in that place. I feel like the relationship is more important than the actual pay because that's going to impact them down the road longer. If Jeff Bezos's boss was a, a more friendly person to him when he was a kid, maybe he'd be more like Gary V in the way that he treats all of his employees like they're his best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like just going back to it, when an artist makes music and you buy their album or you stream their music, we never criticize them for making too much because we we have a very clear, like if you go to Drake right now, he has songs that have billions of plays. Mm-hmm. Like we have the numbers to show how many people listen to this and that's a billion different experiences listening to the song and he's being paid for his artistic input. We don't even equate the impact of someone Jeff Bezos has. I have Amazon Prime. I order things all the time. I like getting something the next day. Yeah. If I didn't have that, if I didn't know about it and I didn't have it, I wouldn't care. But now that knowing about that exists, and if I didn't have that, I'd be mad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would be mad. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people who use these services would also be mad at Jeff Bezos for not paying people enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it his responsibility to pay above minimum wage for a job that across the field, no matter how big of an entrepreneur you are, everyone pays these people that much? Like Mm -hmm. if you're a delivery driver and the average is $15 in that state, he's going to pay them $15. Yeah. Yeah. He's not paying them less. He's paying them like the average. Yeah. So is it his fault that the industry is not paying people? Like, is it his fault the government doesn't yeah. force people to have? Yeah. Because it's not his personal responsibility. And, and it's, I, it's also not his set price. Yeah. Which is another thing. Because he doesn't choose what the minimum wage is. If they forced him to pay $20 to every single person per hour, he would he'd do pay it. it. Yeah, It's not like he wouldn't do it. Mm. But the, this is an entry-level minimum wage job. They, they've set the standard. 
the government who are who's responsible for taking care of the people. Like, I'm not saying that as a person, it's not good to help other people, but I'm saying it's not his personal responsibility. He's in the market of making more money for everybody. Mm-hmm. And as Amazon makes more money, technically everybody in a sense will make more, not like it won't directly correlate. Like the minimum wage workers might get like an 80 cent bonus compared to someone who made 300,000 who makes 500,000 now. So it's not like comparable mm-hmm. very well, but to put it all on him as to why someone isn't paid better is isn't fair because if I owned a small shipping company and I paid someone minimum wage, would anyone criticize me? They'd be like, oh, no, he has an honest living, but I'm doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it goes. That's where it kind of crosses the line into the, like, the political because it shows that like how the government is changes like how people are living in that system and that shows how the bottom people for the bottom people it is to do with politics like capitalism is directly related to politics Mm -hmm. because like the government controls how much those people are like making which um equates to how much like how well they're living like their their quality of life is directly related to whoever's in power Mm -hmm. so I, that's why I think it's like a it's like a fine line for sure that you have to like yeah and it's I feel like the system in itself isn't a problem like mm-hmm. I feel like there's a notion that capitalism creates winners and losers as if life doesn't just create winners and losers like when we go out and we play a sport one team wins and one team loses that's not because of this, like, oh, the rules of the sport or yeah. this. No, it's just the nature of sport. Like, mm-hmm. someone has to win. That's why you play it or else they, no one would play it because it'd have no goal to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing about capitalism is that everyone makes businesses. Some succeed very well. Some don't. Some mm-hmm. individuals may benefit from these things more. Some may not. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that, like, the bottom of the scale has to be low. Like society can be like everyone could have water, clean drinking water. Mm -hmm. Everyone could have shelter. Everyone could have enough food to meet the nutritional value per day. Mm -hmm. Everyone could have these things and we could be in a capitalistic society. Yeah. We need to find a way to like raise this, the 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 bottom floor. floor. Yeah. Yeah. Raise the bottom floor and the ceiling can keep getting higher. And as long as the floor is raising with it. Yeah. It'll be okay. And everybody will have the necessary like means to live exactly comfortably because at the end of the day it wouldn't be equal to pay everyone equal because even like we said yeah jeff bezos might not clock in a nine to five honestly he might clock in a 5 a.m to 5 p.m facts yeah like real being real like things that you you don't expect yeah like these people probably work more than an average nine to five worker and then we we just kind of act like, oh, yeah, they don't do anything. And their money just keeps, like, mm-hmm. doubling, tripling. I'm like, yeah, because every single day these people are grinding mm-hmm. so hard. Mm-hmm. He didn't sell the company yet. He, he still, still has. He still has no life because he has to work all the time. Exactly. Like, he gets vacations and 
if you ask the people who go to vacation with them, I bet they're willing to say his phone rings every like hour at least yeah. of an issue he needs to resolve or he needs to talk about. Mm-hmm. Board, people in the board want to talk to him about something. So he's giving up like a large portion of his life to be this. And most people don't want to do that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But everyone shouldn't be compensated if everyone's not willing to put that effort in. Yeah. At least compensated in that way. Yeah. We, you don't you don't you shouldn't be a billionaire because everyone we just make everyone billionaires yeah. you should be a billionaire if you work very hard and you put an outstanding idea that can help multiple people but everyone should have a very basic good living standard and i feel like those can coincide mm-hmm. but we kind of just put it to this war of to the rich versus the poor mm-hmm. yeah. well i know um we've talked about this a couple of times um just uh, UBI, universal base income, if you want to talk about that quickly. Oh, yeah, that's um, that's a really good topic because it actually directly correlates with... With this topic. Yeah. So a large reason to why minimum wage jobs kind of still exist is they're, like, not to say, like, the people who work them are low IQ, but they're low IQ needed roles. So yeah. you don't, I think like the IQ to work, like most of these jobs is below 80, which is very low. Like that's almost uneducated. And that he's not saying in any way that those people yeah. have that IQ. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not like, saying they that's have what it. it takes. Yeah. That's what it takes just to do the job. Yeah. So we have people with 90, 100, probably 110, 120 IQs working these jobs. But Especially when they're young and in school. Yeah. The issue is it's going to get to the point where we can get robots up to this point to do all those like below 90 IQ tasks. So if we can replace that person's job with a robot, one day that person's not even going to have a job at all. And we're already starting to see that's like um, when you go to McDonald's and mm-hmm. you can order through um, yeah, that touchscreen thing. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a, a cashier job is like not to say it's an easy job. Obviously, it takes practice and stuff like that but like it's it's not a hard job to do yeah like the hardest part is probably the customer service and if it's a machine there's not going to be any customer service issue there's no interaction exactly yeah Yeah. and i cut you off no no problem but yeah if if the machine works we'll treat it the same as like for the newer generation i know for maybe people in the past who are more used to strictly people to people interaction it's probably not the greatest, but then we'll they'll eventually install voices like, hey, how you doing? Like, it'll sound nice. It'll appeal to people. You'll get your order. It'll be quick. No one will ever give you attitude. You'll get the same quality service to every single McDonald's you go to, and it'll cost the company less money. Mm-hmm. But now we have hundreds of thousands of people unemployed. So then um, Andrew Yang, who ran for in the Democratic like um, he ran as a Democratic nominee to be the nominee for Democrats. He obviously dropped out pretty early, but he was someone who was competent and literate in like the field of science and engineering. And he, he brought up the idea of we need to implement universal basic income now. And it'd be like CERB in Canada for people who aren't in Canada. CERB is a monthly 2000, I think now it's $1,800 check that you're sent if you're out of work because of COVID. But it'd be... Because of? Oh, 
because of the bug. <laughs> Forgot about that. But yeah. But then they'd make this like um forever. So the the point he was trying to make is everyone can't be these high skilled jobs. Because let's say we raise the new bar for like quote unquote minimum wage jobs to 110 IQ. And then 50% of the population don't have 110 IQ. So we're giving them jobs that they'll just not be able to complete. No matter how much education we give them, like despite all of that, they'll just never be able to competently do this job at all times for like nine to five. So we're just gonna have incompetent people working in jobs they can't do. They'll probably get fired and then other people get hired and they'll be jobless. So what are we gonna do with this group of people? It's gonna get to the point where we're gonna have to come together and be like, okay, the cost of living, food, and like getting water should just be covered by the government in a like universal basic income. And then anything you want to make past that is on you. So if, if you don't have 110 IQ, but you just push yourself the hardest every day because you want lavish things in life, so be it. If you choose not to, so be it as well, because you'll still have all the basics you need. And it's a very interesting conversation because like it's coming close, probably within our lifetime where we'll see like a lot of these jobs are just cut right out of the market. And car manufacturers that used to be a thriving, like thriving business for people to work in. And now it's a thriving business to own because it's all machines just robots exactly like if you go to a tesla factory now you'd be hard pressed to find like hundreds of thousands of people as opposed to in detroit when it was the ford factories those were those were literally supplying cities with jobs you could put a car manufacturer in the 50s in a city and that city like started growing instantly Mm -hmm. and you can't do that anymore or like McDonald's. Imagine if every single person right now lost their job at McDonald's. That'd be that's, so yeah. many people. And that's a lot of young people too. Yep. So all these young people are going to be out of work. Like, honestly, a lot of them are like university or college age. That that means they can't pay for university, college. They're not getting educated and they can't do more jobs. Mm-hmm. So like, they're just going to be more unemployed. Yeah. So, one, one thing uh, Biden was talking about Sorry to keep this political, but um, he was saying um, for the first four years that you go to university, if your family makes, I think, under $125,000 per year, if you go to a public university in the States, the first four years will be covered, which would that would benefit a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in poor neighborhoods would actually start going to university and mm-hmm. college. And I think it was funny. I saw an interesting stat the other day. Um I didn't know this uh, initially, but apparently if your family doesn't make over like, uh, it's like is it $50,000 USD in America, you could go to Harvard for free. You could go to a lot of Ivy League schools for free. The issue then is like... Um, you need to have the average. Yeah. But then and, they... And the recommendations. The recommendations, like the extracurricular activities, all that. Yeah. But like, obviously... If you're fortunate, you could get that done. Whether the then you also have to account for housing if you don't live in the area, different things like that. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of schools in America do offer programs like that. Yeah. P- private schools usually. Yeah. And 
the whole issue with schooling was interesting because I saw why it's been increasing for so long. And then it goes to the point of kind of, I think the whole capitalism thing, I think people are the issue in a system. I don't think it's a system mm -hmm. because the, the schooling system has been ruined by a socialist act that should be doing great things, mm -hmm. but people took advantage of it. So initially when they started covering like the like you get um grants to cover your costs for schooling mm. the schools would be receiving money for every student obviously from the government so then this and then the that's covering the students costs and eventually schools started to catch on and be like hey we can make like a lot of money doing this so they just keep bumping up the tuition costs bumping up the tuition costs mm -hmm. it's being covered by government grants it's being covered by banks like all these different loans that students are taking yeah. out. So they know that money's not going to stop a student from going to school, yeah. but that person's going to have debt. Yeah. Yeah. But the school's making money. And then to cancel it out, they just do things like they build, um, like schools are always building new things like facilities and all that. And apparently they do that to like even the books out. Mm. So if they make a new hundred thousand dollar or million dollar library and they made a million dollars in profits, Technically, they didn't take money, but like, in a sense, they use these things as excuses to bump it up and they use like funds, trust funds that they get from like some of the money they make. And it's like a whole big loophole, but it, it all broke down to like, we had a very progressive idea of, hey, let's not make it hard financially for students to go to school. Mm -hmm. And then people in charge took that and said, hey, let, I see a way to manipulate the system. And for us to make this school like way better, yeah, it's like an awesome school to go to, but like no one can get like no one can really come here. Yeah. Well, I think that's like uh, a big thing in, in a lot of areas, like for example, Boxing Day. Most people will buy something that they do not need <laughs> on Boxing Day just because it's, it's on, on sale. sale. Yeah. But it's not actually even on sale. Yeah. They probably marked up the price and then put it back to its regular price. Mm -hmm. Or they put it five dollars cheaper yeah people see that price and they're like whoa i need yeah. this now yeah and it's just like yeah you don't need that thing mm -hmm. but it's because it has the red sticker that says sale with an yeah. exclamation mark yeah it's doing Honestly, better that like yeah it incentivizes people to like save money but they're not even saving money yeah it's the idea of saving money that makes people want to spend money yeah which is crazy yeah like, so can you really blame like for example, Walmart for always putting things on clearance and you buy if 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 you buy it yourself, is it Walmart's fault or your fault for buying something on clearance even though you don't need it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like I, f I feel like obviously it's a give and a take because it's unethical, I guess you could say, for Walmart to do that if it's not actually on clearance. But like I'm just making an accusation that it's not on clearance, <laughs> but like yeah. Say say the thing's not actually on clearance, but they just want to sell more of them because they're cheap and they have a big supply of them. Um, I guess you could say it's unethical, but people are gonna buy it just because it's cheap. Like their back to school thing, how they put all the pencils and stuff for so cheap. Like people will buy pencils and they have a full drawer at home of pencils. Yeah. yeah. Or if they have stacks of paper and they just buy them. Mm -hmm. Or they have last year's binders and they buy new binders every year. Mm -hmm. So it's just like. At, at a point, you have to kind of turn the finger that you're pointing at Walmart and 
turn into yourself and yeah. be like, why did I actually buy this? Yeah. And that that goes to a great point. Did you watch The Social Dilemma? No. Oh. I didn't watch it either. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> so it's pretty much just like a Netflix special. And I found it to be like a little misleading in the sense where it's like, okay, there's a social media platform. This is a business. So it's doing its personal best to make its platform as addicting as possible. Yeah. And to make that platform as addictive as possible, it has to make it the best that platform could be. Mm -hmm. Is it now the platform's fault that you are addicted to the platform? Or is it because they made something so good, you can't, you yourself can't leave, even though you have every right to stop looking. They Mm -hmm. didn't force you. They're not, they didn't install the app on your phone for you. They didn't open the app for you when you unlock your phone and it doesn't yeah. freeze on the app and you can't exit out yeah it's not like, like it's, it's not like you can't not, not use your phone on it. without yeah. use, opening facebook you're like oh shit i have i have to use facebook for four hours today and it's like no it's not it's not forcing you to do any of this and then it was showing like hey like yeah these practices are bad and those people in the industry and i get it these are these are practices that like mean to tap into your psychology. But at what point do we look at ourselves and be like, maybe I don't need to waste five hours a day looking yeah. at Facebook. Mm-hmm. At what point do we like start holding ourselves accountable? Because this, this platform, if I use it for, let's say an hour a day and it just keeps getting better because it's so, because they're trying to make it as addictive as possible. It keeps getting better. I now have a tool that's amazing that can help benefit me and I'm also choosing to not be addicted to it. Because if we all stopped using Facebook as much as we did now, they would still generate more than enough money to always improve. Yeah. But at the same time, we would all probably have better mental health, which is what they were talking about. Cause they're like suicide rates are going up and like social media is like a large part of that. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's not forced. Mm. And that's my whole issue. It's like, if that company's best interest is to keep you engaged, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't force you. If I like, if I go into a casino, it's, le- it's legal. I can go gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't put any windows, so I don't notice <laughs> how, what time it is. They don't put any clocks. They're pumping auction. They're doing all these different things. Some of them give free drinks. Yeah, they do all that to keep me there. But it's my choice to get in and my choice to get out. Yeah, you, you apply have... it to the same, like fast food. Yeah, you apply it to McDonald's. Yeah, it's McDonald's didn't make you go to their restaurant. Like, yeah. hey, you chose to go to McDonald's. Yeah. You chose to buy that burger. You chose to eat that MSG, that salt, that sugar. Mm-hmm. It was your choice. But since the product is so addictive, you kind of like are stuck going back. Yeah. But in reality, it was like your choice to start that. Yeah. And where like. Is it really the company's fault that you fell into that like cycle of it becoming your routine? Yeah. That's like that's the question. That that's applied to so many things in like business, in I guess even politics, like where it's just like you find yourself doing the same thing and then you never realize it until like it gets to become a problem for you. Yeah. I think that's like coffee for a lot of people, like a lot of people can't start the day without drinking a cup of coffee, whether they go to McDonald's, they have a Keurig thing at home, whatever it is. It's just like, if you can't, if you're relying on something that much just to help you do something, mm-hmm. I think 
that's not a problem with the product. That's kind of a problem with you because you're so dependent on it and you shouldn't be dependent on anything that much in your life. Yeah. Like, but even just like, yeah, anything general, like if you're dependent on social media for, I like, I always see this like um, positive, well, like we say safe, like a safe space. Yeah. And it's like safe spaces are great because everyone, like, you know, there's everyone needs a place to have it. But you can't make every place a safe space, a safe space because life is in a safe space. You know, what I mean? when you go out there, anything can happen. So then it's it's like if you use social media as your like shell from reality and then you blame reality for making you sad when you could go out into reality and, you know, like, you're like, okay, I'm in reality. And then you see the things and you're like, okay, I can, I can change things. Like we could come together and we could change things because it's clearly not the best, but to be like, damn, like I blame social media. Like I was in this bubble. Cause that's kind of what it was. It was like, people are in a bubble. They're like, oh yeah, I'm stuck in all you ever see is some people's pages. It's like, oh, you only see this. You only see that. Like I bet, for the three of us, we probably see more democratic leaning content than Republican leaning content. Yeah. I know my YouTube feeds actually kind of messed up because I look at both, like both yeah. videos and it always switches. Uh-huh. If I watch like, um, Steven Crowder one day, yeah. I get all Republican, con- yeah. all Republican yeah. content I've, for that. I've day. That. I watch him too, just to like get a perspective from like yeah. both sides. And it's like, not even that to say that I'm like, I don't, honestly, my political stance is a Green Party, but like, <laughs> um, not even like, but just to see like both sides, both major sides, to see like Democrat and Republican, to see liberal and conservative is just like to get information from both sides and then create your own view that's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is like very important. I feel like not to get too political, but like most people would have like, aspects of republican democratic even like you said green party like i'm for sure trying to have the environment be better but like there's a lot of stuff in every single platform that i agree with so like you can't just you can't just say oh this person's racist so i would never be that party or because mm-hmm. that that's not even what the party is the party it's not one racist party yeah. versus one non-racist yeah. party. That's, they're, <laughs> There's they're racists about, in both parties and they're great people in both parties. But, you know, if you're just going to look at a party one way or another, then mm-hmm. you're going to have a very, like... Swayed view. Yeah, of mm-hmm. how the landscape is. And, yeah, you have, to, you have to look at all of, like, the different types of stuff that goes on in the party because... There might be something that you never knew about just because you're uneducated on that party that you actually really agree with. Not just I I'm I'm I don't even follow US politics like that. So the only thing I know about is the taxes so I can follow my money. <laughs> Other than that, like I don't really follow politics like that. But um yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a candidate should like impact the view of a party as a whole. Obviously, yeah. the candidate can, like, be the representation of their own image. And if somebody somebody is racist and, like, sexist and homophobic, obviously that person is, like, for me, 
that's not the person to vote for. Facts. Because you can't have a person like that as a leader. I saw this video, I think, on Instagram, and it was um, somebody explaining if if you're hiring, say you work at McDonald's, you're the manager at McDonald's, and you're hiring at McDonald's, and somebody has um, sexual misconduct allegations, are you going to hire them? No. No, absolutely not. not. So why are you going to trust them to run a government? If if they can't be trusted to work at a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. realistically, <laughs> mm-hmm. they shouldn't. They aren't fit to run a country. Yeah, mm-hmm. Th- that was my takeaway from that video, and I it was very powerful for me because that just like it just puts things in a different perspective in a different light, mm-hmm. and and that's what we have to do sometimes. Just take a step back and look at things different. Yeah, yeah. that's also why I watched like. Steven Crowder videos I watched like all of those just to get like to see how people think everybody thinks so differently mm-hmm. and we don't we don't like account for that this is like we kind of talked about this last week how like oh what was I gonna say fuck <laughs> again <laughs> talked about this last week how you forgot about what he was in his <laughs> no I forgot last week too but um uh, I don't remember what mm-hmm. I was gonna say but just like seeing from both perspectives or as many perspectives as there are, as you can like afford to consume in your own mind mm. would be so beneficial. And you'll just like gain so much more knowledge, even if you don't agree with it. Mm. Knowledge is knowledge no matter what. Yeah. Plus, like, if you can't, I feel like this, if you can't, like, if you're a very like super left leaning person and you can't watch Steven Crowder video without getting triggered I feel like it just gets to a point where you're left leaning because of an exterior factor aside from the actual stance of it like the mm-hmm. the, the moralities if you like really agree or if you've even really thought it out because I don't, I've never watched a video of an opposing view of, to mine and left the video angry uh-huh. I've left it with like oh okay that's an interesting perspective and yeah. maybe i don't agree with it at all Uh yeah but like it's nice to hear how someone's logic for thinking Mm -hmm. that way is and it doesn't sometimes i've seen videos and it it does change my perspective on it to more like you can agree with things yeah but to get angry like watching someone you're like no i've never seen that because it's usually people who like steven crowder the reason why a lot of people get triggered too is like he'll bring in like a scientific It'll be like studies and stuff like that. And on both sides, people bring in studies that can be very misleading, very misleading. Mm -hmm. And he'll he'll bring in some that could be misleading. He brings in some that are really good. And if it's a really good one, people will be like stumped and be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was a a good point. I don't have anything. And then get angry yeah they just get instantly yeah. triggered because they're like oh my god no like, but this and yeah. yeah like and then and they'll say something like, completely yeah. irrelevant uh-huh. yeah. like even opposed to the fact where he mm-hmm. he's like he's not even arguing this point but you bring another point up just yeah. to try and straw man be like oh yeah well this or like yeah you're an evil person because you hate these people yeah and meanwhile in his video he's like no i don't i don't hate them yeah because he he makes it a very important point to his videos that they're discussions not arguments yeah and like a lot of his a lot of the videos i watch are like his change my mind videos yeah that are like 
okay, we'll talk about this and maybe you can change my mind. Probably not because yeah. it's my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of the things that you're going to bring to the table aren't going to sway my view. Yeah. But possibly they could. Let's see. Let's have a discussion about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. We don't do that enough. We have screaming matches, but we don't mm-hmm. have discussions and like step back again and yeah. say, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think we should do that more. Just Discord in general. Like that would solve so many more pro- problems. I feel like as much as people don't want to admit it, they'll be like, oh, well, I'm informed or I'm no. Like a lot of people just live in a bubble where you every idea or ideology you believe in is just like re what would be the word like reaffirmed in your social group some people literally on social media all you follow is left or right leaning pages and all you see is things you already agreed with uh-huh. and then you'll be like yeah i'm informed on a topic no no you're not mm-hmm. like you know oh, you you're literally informed on half of it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or if there's more than two sides and you're informed on almost that none of it. Yeah, yeah like the percentage only could get lower it can yeah. never get higher 50 percent is the best you'll get yeah and 50 percent is not enough to make an informed decision on anything yeah. so it's like just like watch opposing videos if you if you truly believe that let's say like say capitalist because like capitalism is associated with republicans if you truly believe capitalism is a problem watch a person who's right-leaning who studied economics who explains capitalism to you and why he doesn't feel it's an issue Mm -hmm. and then if you could watch that video and nothing he said logically made sense like and you have to go you have to be open you can't go into the video being like, yeah, I'm it's just going to watch it yeah, yeah. to not believe anything he says anyway. But you have to be like, oh, if he says like, oh, yeah, that's a, like a really good point. Like the whole um, Jeff Bezos, if he paid $70 billion, he could end world hunger. Mm-hmm. And then I've talked to that topic with other people. I'm like, that is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because like, what does that even mean for like just what stamp? Like, mm-hmm. how do you supply Seventy billion dollars <laughs> yeah. worth of food to all the people in the world, like that's gonna cost obviously more than yeah. seventy billion dollars. Yeah. Like, just like just think about the logistics to start with, and then the government thing, like the government process you have to go through just to accomplish a task like that. Whoa. No one ever thinks about the effort. Just like oh, this number valley, boom. The hardest thing to that you have to take in also is um, he might might have what is the number one hundred and forty billion dollars. Yeah, right now his net worth is like two hundred and ten billion. But that's his net worth. Yeah. Um, his money goes up and down drastically. If Amazon stock, I think it trades at like three thousand something right yeah. now. If it w- went down to two thousand, oh god, his he, his shares. I don't know how many shares. Let's say he has seventy five million. So his shares would go down seventy five million times one thousand. Yeah. So his net worth would also go down that much. So he doesn't actually have that much money unless he sold Amazon. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of people know the net worth, but they don't know like he doesn't have that much money in actual cash yeah. to pay and buy all those things. And funny enough, someone, obviously he has a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, but someone's net worth is almost zero. Someone's net worth has zero correlation with yeah. what they actually have in their bank. Your account. bank account is actually not included in your net worth because that's private. That's private information. So no one, we can't go to the bank and be like, okay, how much does Jeff Bezos have in this mm-hmm. bank account? Or like, yeah. no one knows that information. 
it's only public information. So everything you can research, he does not own in cash. He I, owns it. I bet you in, in any bank account he has, he has under $250,000. Probably, to be honest. Because you know like that? taxing, taxing. Purposely. No, it's not that. It's um, each bank account that you have is only insured up to $250,000. Oh. So if the bank closed down, they can then, only give you two. Yeah, and he had a million dollars in it. They only owe him two hundred and fifty thousand well, yeah, dollars. He definitely probably doesn't <laughs> yeah, have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah. So well, he could have multiple bank, bank accounts. accounts. Yeah. But that's the thing. Imagine he probably has like thirty bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even if he has thirty, that's a few million. That's yeah. not even like that's anywhere thing. near that's seventy million. That's, that's, like, that's bare stuff. Yeah. I'm not gonna do my math. I'd I'd fill up stuff. No, but, like, <laughs> that's but he, what, it's like seven and a half or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but he, but even then, seven and a half, and then we're only like you know, yeah, few then hundred million. Yeah, away if, from. if you if you if he has seven and a half million dollars in his bank accounts, then that like puts in perspective how oh he's kind of just a regular person. He just has a lot of assets. Assets, yeah. yeah. So For sure. that that kind of like. Again, looking like stepping away, looking through another light, mm-hmm. looking through another point of view. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. He's just a regular person who just has so happens some money. Yeah. If you won the lottery right assets. now, would you give all that money, like, or at least half of half. it? Yeah, to to donate. Some people would. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, definitely. But a lot of people probably wouldn't. Yeah. A lot of people would probably go shopping. Go, go buy. I'm gonna buy a car. I'm gonna yeah. buy a house. They'll I'm be like, I struggled my whole life this, for this. Yeah. But like, yeah. 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 but what's what's the difference? Like, mm-hmm. he didn't just pop up one day and he like. And he actually didn't win the lottery. He actually worked to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that when you probably worked to get that lottery ticket. Not to discount winning yeah. the lottery is also, yeah. also but awesome. But he he took a risk of putting in his time and effort. Yeah. Like when you go to lottery ticket, it takes like a few minutes. You didn't invest one. Like he took a lottery ticket opportunity and invested his entire life to it. Yeah. So if it missed, we would not, we wouldn't even know who he is. He'd probably be some like broke guy. He could yeah. be like a homeless guy begging for money on the street. Mm-hmm. And we, we wouldn't even know. Yep. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like with the whole, I feel like it's people with any system. I don't care what system you implement. Like, I'm not saying there's an ideal system to anything, mm-hmm. but it's the people. Yeah. I think uh, a big thing that you also, you also said this to me one time is like, um, the way that we always say Jeff Bezos should be held accountable. Why don't we do that to the president or the prime minister? We're in Canada. So let's say people want, whoever a big company in Canada to donate this amount of money why don't we mm-hmm. want Justin Trudeau to come up with a program to do that because mm-hmm. that's actually his job title is to help the people of Canada yeah rather than let's say Jeff Bezos we keep bringing up Jeff Bezos just because yeah, if you're the richest guy in the world for, like for the YouTube algorithm <laughs> yeah Bezos 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 but but Jeff no. Bezos's job title is to grow Amazon or whatever whatever company he's working on, that's his job title is yeah. to run those companies. Yeah. It's not to end poverty yeah. in a certain place. Well, Justin Trudeau's part of his job title is to help those people who are less fortunate in the place that he's running. Yeah. So I don't feel like sometimes he's not held to the same accountability as the billionaires are. I don't feel like any 
politicians are held to the same accountability. I was just using Justin Trudeau yeah. as an example. But yeah, even a lot of them are like just being honest in the United States, they're going into an election with the guy that everyone hates and Donald Trump and the guy that most people who are Democrat don't even like, yeah. but just kind of have to settle with mm-hmm. in Joe Biden. So like we're they're literally having a contest of who people like li- least. like the least yeah. or like or like yeah, like yeah they like <laughs> hate the least pretty yeah, much yeah. they're having a contest of who they hate the least meanwhile like Jeff Bezos has never done anything to disparage anyone realistically because like okay if you if you want to make the argument some people aren't making enough money yeah but they have a job supplied by his idea mm-hmm. if you want to say oh well um. Actually, he just came up with a lot of new jobs in Canada. So shout out J- Jeff Bezos. Like everything, thirty nine thousand in Canada now. Yeah, like extra jobs this year. Everything you could count that he's done towards society has only been a net positive. Maybe okay, you can make the argument. Yeah, you could pay more taxes. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. But it may be if we started holding the politicians as accountable as yeah. we hold guys who own a private business, uh, <laughs> we'd get somewhere. Yeah, like. Like, we really got to the point where I watched the Democratic, like, the initial, like, um, debates and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't watch the current ones because, like, it's just, it is, like, what it is. Like, people say that this person's much better than the other and no one presents any evidence. Like, when I talk about Andrew Yang, I can talk about UBI. I can talk about someone who understands that, you know what, maybe we need need to be more green. We need to understand that, like, if we get more renewable energies going and reduce our fossil fuel usage, reduce the CO2 emissions, like someone who's competent in these fields. And, yeah, he's not a career politician, like a fake job that we made up. Like, what is a politician? It means Mm -hmm. nothing. Exactly, yeah. But, like, someone who is in a field in the real world that has great importance, someone who understands that in office or even Tulsi Gabbard another person I like it's just weird they were both on the Joe Rogan podcast too they talked about ideas that they had that could benefit people they didn't talk they never once brought up Donald Trump as they're like Joe Biden's biggest thing is like I'm the guy to beat Donald Trump Mm -hmm. like that's literally like the policy his policy yeah I'm the guy to beat Donald Trump has nothing to do with Oh, what this is what we're gonna do for this community. Yeah. This is what we're gonna do to help these people. We're gonna like it's kind of like tax. No, like it's I'm I'm the guy to beat Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Like I'm at war with Donald Trump. That's it. Yeah, that's literally his platform. Like if his slogan was beat Trump, <laughs> yeah, like no one would complain. Mm-hmm. But like, and it's just like we're it's just like the political specter there is just like for me it's terrible. And I don't think Canada is really much better off because mm-hmm. we're in the we have multiple parties, and we still vote the same two parties in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, f- I feel like um, the biggest problem is a lot of people vote so that a certain party can't win rather than yeah. voting yeah. for who they want You're to voting win. voting against somebody instead of voting for someone's idea. I don't, yeah. I don't know how many liberal votes come from people who want NDP to win, yeah, but don't believe exactly. NDP can it's win. It's a lot. Uh-huh. It's a yeah. lot. Probably like 20% at least. Yeah. Like just being honest, I don't know how many times I've heard that statement. Yeah, that's that's the most common statement. 
like we just got we know NDP is not going to win so I just voted liberal and I'm like so what's the point of voting like you didn't even <laughs> yeah. get the choice you wanted as a voter but everyone stresses like use your power yeah to and do what to get what you don't want <laughs> exactly realistically in Canadian politics you can vote for who you want to because there are seats delegated to those people yeah. when yeah. they get votes. The more seats they yeah. get, the more power they exactly. have and influence yeah. on decisions to make. Uh-huh. So technically, you're actually to the detriment of your, of own, your party. own party. Yeah, it, Like voting for another party yeah. doesn't doesn't actually logically make sense. Mm-hmm. But we do it. Yeah. Why? Because the popularity. Oh, my party has mm-hmm. to win. Right. Yeah. Like for me, if I voted, I'd vote green because the, for me, it doesn't really matter about a lot of the like intricacies like. What's going to help everybody? What can we do to help everybody? They have the most ideas to me, in my perspective, yeah. to improving like society as a whole. And I feel like if we improve living standards, a lot of the other issues that we're thinking about usually tend to disappear with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Some parties have a focus of like NDP. It's like for people, especially of people who may not feel represented which I think is like a great platform. But at the same time, I feel like if you drive the country, which is what a lot of people think they'll do, if you drive the country to the ground with the basis of helping the minority, people will be like, well, look, they destroyed our country. Like there they go again, like, you know, the negative mindset. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the whole like thing for me, but terrible, like political landscape. We don't even vote for who we want to. That just doesn't make sense. Well, um, me and you have also talked about this a couple of times. I think we talked about it earlier today. Is like, um, what's so wrong about having the Democratic part? Well, at least let's go back to the states. Like Joe Biden won out of all the Democrats, mm-hmm. and Trump won out of all the Republicans. Why don't they both go in office and have to pass stuff together? Because if Trump is in office, let's let's just say right now Trump is in office, and who did he beat last year? Hillary. She has probably so many contrasting ideas than him. But if they came together and actually made a plan, it would actually benefit more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the ideas would come from like a more neutral standpoint. Yeah. Helping a wider range of people. And the thing is, these two people don't actually hate each other. They hate each other on TV. Yeah. yeah. When it's a debate because they need you to hate that person yeah. so that they can get a vote. But, these but when it comes to very well together. Yeah, when, it comes to a, when it comes to actual their job, they're not going to Oh, there might be a lot of disagreements because they have two conflicting ideas, but there's always middle ground in that that Mm -hmm. would actually benefit a lot of people. And a lot of these bills that can't get passed, like right now they have um, their stimulus package. That's been revised so many times just because the Republicans have an idea, but the Senate is is, um, Democratic and they decline it. But if there's a Democrat and a Republican making the idea together, the Senate's gonna pass it because both of them already agree on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. That's just even for, for Canada, if you have an NDP leader, uh uh Green Party leader, you have the Black Quebecois leader, you have the conservatives, you have the liberals, if all of them work together to make a plan, yeah. it's gonna be a good plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just take out the whole popularity contest out of it yeah. because it gets to the point where it's my party versus your party. Oh, your party is filled with idiots. You guys don't know anything. 
And all of those people don't actually believe that. Because if you right. actually go to the debates, a lot of them agree with each other during the debate, especially the Canadian debate. Um, I, f- I think Jagmeet Singh was saying something and yeah. there was so many people nodding their head. Yeah. Obviously, there's people who disagree. Like, I think yeah. it was Andrew Shear was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And yeah. the Black Quebec guy, Black Quebecois guy was also saying that. So those two people probably have two similar ideas too. Yeah. So it might be three on two, but you don't have to do everything. Oh, three people said yes, two people. Why don't you just wait yeah. till it's a unanimous decision from yeah. all five of you guys uh-huh. and then proceed and bring that to like the Supreme Court or something and then them pass it. And honestly, it would just do better for everybody. Like imagine when Obama was president, like the healthcare act that they tried to put forth. Imagine if Republicans... And Democrats work side by side because Mitt Romney was also president alongside with Obama and maybe multiple, like just five, like five co-presidents. No one would really like be like, well, we got to take down what Obama did. No, if you take down what he did, you're also taking down what Mitt Romney did, what every other Republican candidate did. Exactly. And then you're like, now you're like, it's not you one on one. It's one on eight or like five. And then you're just you just look like the hater. Who's trying to rip apart legacies? Somebody that, else's yeah, yeah, like for no reason at all. Like mm-hmm. another big thing is like um, they get eight years in office. So Obama passes whatever, whether you believe it's correct or not. Obama passed eight things, and then the Republicans come into office and they reverse all those things he did in eight years and pass their stuff. Yeah. Then let's say Joe Biden comes in, he reverses all those things that Trump just did. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not to say that any of them are doing right or wrong, but it's just like. It's not progressing yeah. the country. Or productive at all. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it's literally backtracking so you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Instead of trying to build on top of somebody else's idea. Which is funny. You know, do that? you know what's the craziest <laughs> thing? Um, Rob Ford, when he was the mayor of Toronto, started building, um, I think, the subway on Eglinton. Yeah. And then who, who uh, somebody was after him and literally... They already dug out the tunnels and everything in Toronto, Eglinton, and they said fill them back up. Yeah. So was, they started filling them back up. It was supposed to be done by now. Yeah. And no. so they started filling them up. There was construction on Eglinton for how many years now? It's been so there for like because they life. dug it up. <laughs> then they took it up. They fi- they dug it out, filled it back up, and now they're digging it Not out again, again to do the exact same, same thing, thing that you yeah. did. That bro, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Like it just gets to a point where we're like. Why? Why? Why even participate in this whole yeah. game of? Okay, we're gonna do this. Oh no, no, no! Like that other party was trying to do that, so we got to do the exact opposite. Exactly. And like it's just messing up people. Yeah, like, like construction on Eglinton just messes up traffic. And the worst funny which part, which is everyone in traffic. It's not just like left people yeah. in traffic or right. Yeah, no, that's the funny part. Everyone in it's traffic. It's literally like, everyone who voted exactly. is problem. Exactly. And the thing is, the thing is like. Which person in Toronto does not want the Eglinton line? Let let me let me find one person that doesn't just want be, it. Like, <laughs> or even if you don't want it What's because it doesn't affect you, <laughs> yeah. like why do you not want, want it, it done yeah. if it's already being started? Honestly. Like, it's already about to be done. Like we dug it up. It costs money to fill up. <laughs> Taking a brief pause. <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll cut it. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, my God. That's a fact, though. 
Like, I'm still trying to find the reason why they stopped it. Like, there's literally no reason to stop it. Because I think the the reason was like um, the provincial government um didn't want to provide a subsidy for it. Meanwhile, the Ford because Doug Ford started it back up, right? Yeah. But it was somebody was before the liberal. Yeah, it was um the, Kathleen Wynne. Yeah, Kathleen. Yeah, she Wynne. didn't. I don't. She liberals it, didn't I support it. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is like, like why? This is wouldn't you want the largest city in in Canada? You want it to progress. And you know what's funny is like our subway system compared to like subway systems it's around trash. the world. <laughs> it's like, so basic. We have two lines. Yeah, three a lot lines. of people like if you go to New York. Oh dog, like, no, I'd be lost. It's great. Nah, it's actually very simple. Like, yeah. when like we were in. It, there's so many things, but there's so many different ones that take you to the exact same place. Yeah, like you can take the B, D, and F all down to the same place. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they but all divert in different places. Yeah, yeah. So if you live far, like in a certain place, mm. I don't know exactly where B, D, and F go. Yeah. But like, say one goes to to Queens and one goes south to to Brooklyn. Yeah. So. They still all when you're in like Manhattan, yeah. all of them go south and north. So they all stay on the same street until you go under the river into the suburbs. So if you're downtown, so say you're on Young Street, all of them go through Young mm-hmm. and then eventually they'll split off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let's use the green line for example. Like yeah. you're going you're going west, one's gonna go to Saga, one's gonna go to Hamilton. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's gonna help you. But if you just need to go to Kipling, you can mm. take all three of those trains. Yes. Okay. So it's like it's very simple, but like when you need to divert, then it's it gets more complex. But it's yeah, uh, it's so beneficial. But like, I mean, like why? Yeah, why would you not want to expand it? Like, just the plans for it just made so much sense. There was there are like destinations that just need this transportation. Yeah. Like if for anybody who doesn't live in Toronto that that might view this, like if you go to a bus system outside of like toronto like Vaughan, it's trash yeah, yeah. and you know it's crazy <laughs> also like um a lot of these places the only way you can get there is go train like, yeah like if you were in new york there's no go train yeah you could take one the of regular those train yeah you can take the regular train all the way to, there, yeah. to niagara falls pretty much yeah like that's how far they go which like there's obviously just going to be one line that goes that far, but that's all you need. Yeah. And it stops a couple of times. Once it starts getting into the suburbs, it's, it's not going to stop every four blocks. Yeah. It's going to start stopping way less. But if you have a lot of trains that go down that path and then split up along the way, that's all you really need. It just makes way more sense. So many people commute from like way outside. And we already have the spots where the trains can go because they can all go on the go train lines. They mm. probably need to a, need a change um the tracks. But realistically, once you change those, like, You're what's fine. really holding yeah. you back? Like, and you can have, you could use those same go trains. You could, honestly, those are yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they actually move, yeah. They move fast. So, and yeah. there's way more space on the go trains. Fast. It's more comfortable. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think it, it, I think it just had to do with more the politically than anything, to be honest. Because, mm-hmm. like yeah, I said, it, yeah. it was mostly, it wasn't even dependent on the Toronto government itself, more so than the provincial government. Because once the provincial, like, it was, it was always liberal for a long time, but yeah. the head changed from McGinty to Wynn. Oh. So I think McGinty was in support 
Wynn wasn't. Then when Ford won, he's in support. So it's like, even within their own party, they can't even <laughs> agree <laughs> to s- certain topics. And it, it just goes to the fa- back to the fact, like, why do we have one, like one head in like this one area? Mm-hmm. Like, we we know in business to have multiple people in high positions is actually one of the most effective ways yeah. to go because you'll get different perspectives. You'll get people who mm-hmm. who won't drive a company. One person can't drive a company to the ground. Yeah, from their like section of what they do. So you have yeah. like somebody in charge of like HR, somebody in yeah. charge of finance, yeah. marketing. All of those people have that in the government. Have like the Green Party representative in in charge of like environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Have like NDP head in charge of like improvised impoverished neighborhoods. Yeah, like like it's, indigenous it's, communities. Yeah, it's like if if. If what all of them were best at was like one of their main focuses, I'm sure all the parties, well, everyone would be satisfied with all yeah. the parties, uh-huh. just being real, mm. and it would just it would just progress way further. Like, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting one. What the article you're bringing up? Yeah, um, I know I read it a long time ago. I forget which company it was, but they have a co CEO. Yeah. Mm. And they did pretty well. Um, I forget what company it is, though, so I'm just searching for it. Yeah, because I've, I've seen... Oh, I don't remember what exactly the article was, but it was just pretty much like... Netflix has co-CEOs. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't even like co-CEOs, per se, but it was like... um. Because I think as some companies would just eliminate the role of CEO altogether mm. and then make just department, like certain heads. Yeah. And then the overarching, the only thing above them would be the board, which usually mm. the CEO would be in between them and the board. And they found that sharing those responsibilities tends to lead to like better decision making overall. Mm-hmm. Because one genius CEO can make your company one of the For biggest sure. companies in the world. But that same guy could also make it one of the worst. And I've, I've actually recently I've been looking into a YouTube channel and analyze businesses. Every single business they analyzed had a great peak and a huge fall, and they all had in common the person who got them to that great peak was the same person with the same ideology that made them fall. Yeah, because the thing is, like, even for me for next up, I have the idea, but when it gets that high. I might not be the business person to expand the company. Expanding the company is different than growing the company. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's something that like, I would always want to be like active as a role in it, but maybe it's better for the the company to actually have somebody else in charge Mm -hmm. because they can run it properly. There's an interesting thing. Like right now with everything online, Nike, um, their new CEO is actually the old CEO of eBay. So they just had like some crazy e-commerce numbers and that's because their new CEO knows how to manipulate the times of selling stuff online. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they wouldn't have needed to do that five years ago, but right now when they needed to do it, Mm -hmm. like it benefited them so much more than a lot of other companies. And it's just being able, everything is about fit and how that fit works for your company or works for Mm -hmm. even 
whatever you're doing, if you're playing sports, sometimes a player looks so much better on a certain team because the players around him work well. Like, for example, Kawhi Leonard, when he was working with a lot of two-way hungry players on the Raptors, Mm -hmm. he did so well rather than when he teamed up with another superstar and Mm -hmm. both of them were supposed to just take over. Or even Jokic, who you could put Jokic on a lot of different teams. You probably wouldn't look at him like the best center in the NBA. You'd probably be like, yeah, he's like, you know, he's top five. Yeah. Maybe top 10. But on Denver, you're like, you're looking at him, you're like, this team was so perfectly centered around his skill set that you can call him the best center in the NBA, despite the fact that he, his skill set may not translate to places where maybe you don't have the cutters you have. Maybe you don't have like all these perimeter defenders and the unselfish point guard to to not make the take big, up the ball yeah the big like set the screen you're looking at this which like, point guard sets a screen <laughs> yeah like for a big man <laughs> like and pops like he pops out like which he, point guard gets a rebound and passes it to the center the center yeah like how backwards does that sound yeah. but like at the end of the day it works what works and works the fit mm-hmm. it's usually honestly sometimes fit trump skill yeah because it doesn't matter how good of like a ceo you were at this company or this company maybe right now like nike it doesn't matter if the guy was the ceo of adidas and puma and all these companies when they came yeah when and he made them get a like a a a peak in in their stock or something yeah it doesn't matter because his skill set doesn't translate to what right now with the situation in the world Mm -hmm. but ebay's does because he that CEO was doing this business model before it was a necessity. From a long time ago, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So then now it's like, oh, well, I'm the expert in this. Yeah, I may not know shoes specifically very well mm-hmm. and everything, but selling things in a digital yeah. market is my specialty. And the thing okay. about Nike is everybody else in the company knows how to sell shoes. Exactly. exactly. So what they don't know how to do is sell shoes online. Exactly. And that's what he does we're going to sell shoes online this way. Yeah. Okay, this is what, what we already were doing. Let's put it online. Exactly. And he knows how to put it online. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it's just, it's just different because a lot of people, for example, will be like, oh, LeBron could go to any team and succeed. But mm-hmm. when LeBron was on the Lakers with not the best players yeah. that fit his, his style, LeBron is very good with veterans who can take criticism. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about that the other day. Yeah. Um, when LeBron was with a lot of younger players who looked up to him, not that they're bad players, because Brandon Ingram, we just saw this year, is an amazing player. Yeah, Lonzo exactly. Ball is a good player. Kyle Kuzma is a, mm, I don't like Kyle. He's a pretty player. solid player. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a good role player. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not sold on Kyle Kuzma, but like, whatever. Exactly. That's that's whatever. <laughs> Those players on most teams will get playing time. Yeah. On every team, they'll get playing time. Really? So Josh Hart is a good player, but the thing is they don't fit with LeBron. But if you give LeBron like a player like Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, if you give LeBron Rondo, Dwight Howard, he's going to excel with those players because those players are hungry for championships. You know what I mean? And they'll sacrifice scoring points. They'll sacrifice looking good by making a shot. They'll sacrifice all the little, like the the big things, and do all the little things that help them win games. Yeah. And Plus, this the the mental part. Like this is the part we also talked about. Like we have to understand when Anthony Davis was like eleven years old, yeah. LeBron James was running his basketball camp. Yeah, that's true. Like these guys, 
look up to yeah. him. This is their LeBron summer. is their Jordan. Yeah, he's yeah. like their hero. And imagine like you're in a game with your hero missing shots. All you can think about is like, damn, I'm letting them down. Like, you know, and like especially him, like he his his um facial expression is just like Yeah. <sighs> because this guy we, missed another shot. Exactly. Because honestly, he 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 physically shows that he demands a lot. Imagine if Kuzma missed that shot rather than Danny Green. Oh, Danny God. Green is a veteran. So yeah, so he'll be he, like, he's gonna. I'm gonna. I lost the finals shot. to yeah. this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, LeBron will give him the benefit of the doubt, despite how bad he's doing. And Danny Green's, he's gonna. And take LeBron's the shot. probably still mad. Yeah, LeBron won't say, "Oh, Danny Green fucking lost us this game." He's yeah. not gonna say that. But he's like, this guy missed the shot wide open. Like, yeah, it, he's thinking it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if he did that same like facial reaction to Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma is gonna be like, "Oh, LeBron hates me. He thinks yeah, I'm trash. He, he thinks I'm trash. He's just gonna, and then it's just gonna derail like all momentum that he might have had. He'd be like, man, even if he was shooting well, he might start shooting terribly now. Yeah, he's yeah. not been shooting well, so he might just keep shooting poorly. But like, it it means it hurts them more because Danny Green. He got drafted ages ago. Like, he's at the tail end and of his he, career. he already played with LeBron, he, like, he, in exactly, Cleveland. Exactly. He played with him. He played against him. He's yeah. beat him in the finals. He's lost him in the finals. He was on him when he was a bench player. Like, he's he's been through it all with LeBron. Yeah. Like, these people have had careers. Dwight. Dwight was facing LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. Rondo was facing LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. These people already played against him. They grew up with him. Yeah. He's not their idol. They all have like different people they look up look up to, but none of these people like on the Lakers really look up to LeBron. Not because he's Other not than a, Kuzma, yeah, Kuzma, and maybe Caruso, exactly. Like the young players, yeah. But the rest of them, it's like you were in high school with me, like when we're at the same time. Like, what yeah. am I looking up to you for? <laughs> yeah, and they're just hooping, like they're just playing, like play. Like when Jordan was on the Wizards, I bet so many people on that team were terrible, not because they were terrible players. But they're looking up to Jordan like, damn, mm-hmm. this guy's like the GOAT. Yeah. Like, you got to, like, perform. Facts. And they were a terrible team. Like, yeah, And they don't want to mess up in front of that person and yeah. look bad. Exactly. Which, when you think about stuff like that, that makes you perform yeah. worse. Worse. Because mm. it puts, like, the negative Energy. thing in, in your head that you're just like, if I mess up, this person's going to see me like this. Yeah. So then that makes you, like, that limits your performance yeah. to a place where, like, you're only going to do certain things. That because you know are gonna be yeah positive the, exactly on yeah. your team but and you then won't when try a new thing exactly that could mm-hmm. potentially be amazing yeah you don't risk anything you yeah. play safe and then even when you're playing safe it's basketball it's a game that you're not gonna hit every shot you're not gonna hit every great shot you take mm-hmm. you're gonna hit some of the worst shots you might take in yeah. your entire life sometimes you need to take those bad shots you know mm-hmm. just, just hell with it yeah sometimes you you take the great shots. But you got to take great shots more. Sometimes you got to even look to get your great shot. Even if it means, like Jordan, he was like 40 years old. How many people on that team deferred to him? A lot of them. Mm-hmm. But realistically, there's some of them that should have been on that team looking like, hey, like, your time's done. Yeah, give me the ball. Yeah, like, <laughs> honestly. Like, you're averaging I, 20, I, I like could average 25. <laughs> Brandon Ingram should have done that last year. Yeah. And he clearly could have done it because look at him. Yeah, he's year. averaging 24. And, right? When you look at it, like leadership styles, not to say LeBron's a bad leader because LeBron is one of the best leaders, not even only on basketball, but also off the court. LeBron is like, I don't, like he's crazy. Yeah. But Drew Holiday approaches that like in a totally different way. It's like 
he doesn't really look for his own stuff. He wants his teammates to succeed. I I think a lot of that run when the Pelicans, um, what did they sweep Portland? I think they swept Portland when they had uh, Holiday, yeah, Rondo, and Rondo and AD. AD yeah. That's a lot of Drew Holiday doing like a lot of small things that like no one ever realizes. And Man. like this year, him giving the ball to Brandon Ingram in the clutch rather than taking the shot when he's fully capable of that. Yeah. Gives Brandon Ingram confidence like, oh, this guy trusts me. Yeah. And it's just like those little things add up and make you perform better over time. Mm -hmm. And like, like I said, just styles, not to say one form of leader, like Tim Duncan was also a leader, mm -hmm. but he wasn't overtly vocal. Mm -hmm. Like this, 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 like what is leadership? Like you don't, there's no one way to lead. It's just within what you do, the people around you obviously matter. Because if you have a non-vocal leadership style, you're going to need some more self-motivated people, typically. If you're And the thing is, more, more times when you're at such a peak of something like LeBron is, you're less willing to, to have error. Yeah. So LeBron... Although he said he 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 wanted to play with the young guys, he's not in that place in his career to play with young people, kind of because like he wants to win championships. Those people want to learn how to win championships. Yeah. So they want to go through the struggles. Well, not even want to. They have to. They have to. Like, and he already did that. Yeah. He's already done that so many so, times. He he spent yeah. eight, years eight years on a team right? that should honestly have had no hope when he was there like despite like a lot of people say like that that like yeah it wasn't the worst team like that that's probably the worst team i've ever seen in the finals that 2007 nah i don't think so i think the worst team ever in the finals was um 27 what 2018 or so, the last time he was in cleveland oh that team that was one was horrible that one was bad too because how do you go from <laughs> finals lebron leaves last place in yeah. the nba yeah that's but I don't know what Cleveland did in 2007 when he left. They were pretty bad too. 2007, like they were, they had the first pick. I'm not sure if it was right after he left. Oh yeah, they got Kyrie. Kyrie right. Yeah, and then they got Wiggins. Yeah, so they had three or four years. They had the first pick. Yeah, because they also got Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Bennett. Shout out Anthony <laughs> Bennett. That's a Canadian. Don't sleep on Anthony Bennett. Yeah, but like. He, he he spent eight years doing that and he's in year 17 he doesn't have time like right now if he wins he has four rings and i actually saw a video on this and it made a lot of sense like in in his eyes he has more to chase but like the debate is over like if you want to see lebron as the goat if he wins this year yeah that'll kind of help but like is it really gonna sway you to say, oh yeah, he's the GOAT now yeah, if he wins? Realistically, more. Yeah. like if you think LeBron's the GOAT right now, you think he's the GOAT. If you yeah. think Jordan's the GOAT no, right now, you're gonna think he's the GOAT he's, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I think a lot of that debate is just who you saw play first. It really is. Because yeah. a lot like of the people who say like you don't really hear people who are like older than LeBron say LeBron's the GOAT because like they're like, I, this guy could be my son. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? And like Jordan's probably the same age as them. Yeah. So it's just like why would you why would you say somebody that young is the goat when you're just living through what you remember and reminisce on? Mm -hmm. Like um an interesting thing for that, like 
is like music like a lot of people say michael jackson is the king of pop but like look at drake's numbers in pop music mm. yeah and like no older person will whatever my mom gets mad Never when i say, say drake is the king of pop but like drake <laughs> beat every single number in yeah. pop music that's yeah. known History. to man You're like so they, it's crazy like he destroyed not like michael jackson is amazing i love michael jackson mm. but like drake is that guy yeah <laughs> so like yeah i don't know it, it i think it's just completely dependent on who you watch because for me even it's who i feel like it's who you came up on you know yeah. what i mean yeah like drake came out when i was in high school like and that's what i listened to every day you know what Facts, i mean yeah take care i was in what grade nine or ten um yeah and around there. i was just listening to that every mm-hmm. single day Facts, this shit was goaded so, <laughs> so like how am i not gonna say drake's the best but like yeah. my mom she she was like probably i don't know how old when michael jackson, well, michael jackson was, like was good for like Three decades, so. I know, but I'm saying, like, when she listened to him the most, so I'm not going to yeah. say that, but, like, there's probably a time period in her life when, like, the same thing, Mike, she was just listening to Michael Jackson all the time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's probably an important part of her life. Yeah. So, it's all, like, experience with the thing that's happening. Yeah. Like, if the Raptors championship happened when I was a kid, I wouldn't be as big as a Raptors fan, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um or even if it happened when I'm older, I wouldn't be like, like if I was really old, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be as big as a Raptors fan. But since it happened when I'm living through, like, I guess people would say prime years of your life. Yeah. It's more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you were 20 years old when in the nineties, when Jordan was running six, like six for six. That's like, crazy. Yeah, like, like, you're never going to deny that guy's the yeah. goal. You witnessed a guy go six for six in the finals. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame them for not. There's Every, a reason why people that are like 15, 16 always say Curry and not Kobe. Yeah. When we were 15 and 16, oh, Kobe was Kobe hitting. Was, yeah. exactly, he was shooting yeah. crazy, but now Curry's shooting crazy. And Curry, Curry, I'm like, yeah, what? Curry. Curry. You say yeah. Kobe when you're there. <laughs> but, Fade away and say Kobe. Yeah. But yeah. Is, I just find that, like, yeah, that debate is different. He's like, right now, he just, LeBron just needs to play with people who are in win now mode. Yeah. Like they need honestly, they probably just need to be like twenty eight years old where he was when he left Cleveland. He needs people in that mind state. And I think Anthony Davis fits LeBron perfectly. Mm-hmm. There was um a thing that people said like um who's the best duo for LeBron? And they said Dwayne Wade, Kyrie, and AD. And obviously AD's gonna be the best fit because what AD does impacts LeBron more than like you give the ball to Dwayne Wade. And he gets a bucket by himself. Yeah, he's give doing it to his Kyrie. Own, yeah, he's doing he's his own thing. He's gonna ISO himself. Yeah. But LeBron gets the ball and Davis can scream for him, and now it's a, it's a two on two. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like LeBron can pass to him or score himself. So it's like it's more impactful for him to play with Anthony Davis. That doesn't mean Davis is better than those players. It doesn't yeah. mean he's worse. It just means LeBron and AD work better together. And it's funny too. It's like usually when AD's like I always see like the best partnership. When AD's like on his game, LeBron is also usually playing really well too. Cause like he's he's getting these assists, he's getting in the rhythm of the game. Then he starts shooting a little too. Like he gets more confident. Like you see that with LeBron in Miami. He had noticed this. Like he passed the Bosch. Bosch hit a three. Bosch starts getting rolling. Then everything for LeBron's open. And then it's like, oh shit, like LeBron, like Bosch would almost, it's like, why I thought it worked with AD is like Bosch would always be the X factor of if LeBron played well. 
D Wade would be the X factor of if like everybody could like do more than what they they expect to do. Yeah. So it's like LeBron, like a big with Kevin Love even. Kevin Love seemed to have more impact on LeBron doing well in Cleveland than Kyrie. Because Kyrie goes get his 40. Yeah, everyone knows that. But when LeBron drives in and he knows I got Kevin Love on the three-point line that they just doubled me off of. Oh, he's kicking that right back out. He gets a dime. He goes back. He plays some hard defense. He's getting vocal. He's involved in the game. He goes on offense. He's he's running the floor. He's doing all these different things. And he's more involved. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's just because it, sp- it opens the court up way more. Yeah. And, like, he he needs the ball, in a sense. Like, he is a ball. Like, for, for all we shit on people for pe- being ball-dominant like Westbrook, LeBron's a very ball-dominant, like, player. He only plays really well with the ball. Yeah. The only difference is, like, he has the aspect of, yeah, if you're a playmaker with that, that helps. Because he's, like, one of those guys, he's getting hot off, diming up. Like, he's... He's not just getting better from scoring. He's like, okay, I got my confidence scoring. No, once he sees other people scoring, he gets just as confident. Mm-hmm. He's one of those players, which helps. And he's like with players like that too. Like those are the veterans. They get better just by like seeing other people do well. Rondo goes and gets an offensive board. Yeah. Like he knows that'll help the team do better because they see it. They're like, oh, damn, like, he's going hard. And then like LeBron's like, damn, he, if he can go hard, it doesn't matter how old I am. I'm going to run the floor and I'm going to yeah. dunk it on the break. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's everyone like that. It's like contagious. Everyone starts playing better. The thing that LeBron likes the most, I feel like, is effort. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're going hard, he's gonna go even harder. Yeah, exactly. And that that even just feeds the role players too. Yeah. Like if you see that on the bench, if you get time in the game, oh yeah, you bring that same energy. You go one thousand percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even you have to show that same energy on the bench. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. that fuels the players on the court. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why LeBron likes Caruso so much because honestly, Caruso he might make the wrong play, but he does. He goes down like down for it. Like, yeah, if he's gonna take a charge, he's gonna take a charge. If he's yeah. gonna drive to the basket, he's gonna drive to the basket. He might not make it, but he's gonna try to dunk on you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like he's gonna die with his decision, and LeBron respects that. Yeah, yeah. And then actually, I think. What, oh, another topic it was um was really interesting because the like just going back the other day he passed the ball to Danny Green and I see like he gets criticism for passing and quote unquote being like passive in clutch situations and I was I was actually looking back on it and I'm like in every sport I've ever watched every single player no matter who they are goes to what they know best in those like pressure situations yeah so why is it we criticize LeBron for passing in the clutch. Like, we say, oh, you go get a shot because, like, that's what Michael Jordan did. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did the whole game. Like, Michael Jordan wasn't hitting the guy in the corner when he yeah. was getting doubled every time. Like LeBron he w- is a passer. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're really criticizing him for going back to what he does best. And then... Not is, what he does isn't going to work all the time. Jordan didn't hit every game-winning shot he took. Mm-hmm. He said it himself. He said that's like part of this. Like you, you fail, but he's gonna go back to what he does best, and it makes me wonder. Like when we say, when people say he should take that shot, like why, why do we get that? And is it like, is it because of the Jordans and the Kobe's that we get this influence? Because that was that was their thing. They were scores. Like Michael Jordan was also a great defender, but if he's on offense, he's not gonna play defense. So he's gonna he's gonna try and score. 
that was his mindset it wasn't being the greatest team player he didn't really win until he got a coach where the philosophy was we want the ball in your hands as little as possible not as much as possible same thing with kobe his success phil jackson he was actually one a proponent of not having the ball in the best players hands at all time and now someone who's doing it from his own standpoint like he knows he, he knows he's gonna get double he understands this once he saw Duncan, once he saw Duncan oh. Robinson, he already knew that the pass was to Danny Green because he knew Jimmy Butler was not leaving LeBron. Alone. Exactly. So he saw that and he's like, "All right, I'm passing." But and it is what it is. But I always find that interesting. Like we'll always for a player's greatest attribute, we'll always tear them down. If Kobe or Michael Jordan missed a clutch shot, we'd always be like, "Well, he could have done this." Like if Kobe missed a clutch shot and someone was wide open right beside him, we'd be like, "Well." Psh. Why didn't you pass to that guy? You know what's crazy? What you just said, their greatest attribute always goes to their worst thing. Mm-hmm. Goes right back to the beginning of this whole conversation. Yeah. Jeff Bezos makes a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. His greatest attribute is Amazon. Why doesn't he share it with the rest of the people? Mm-hmm. His greatest attribute becomes to his greatest criticism, right? <laughs> yep. And I think that's a perfect think place great. to end off this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Please make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. Please leave us a like. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, If you're on Spotify, we're going to be trying to drop weekly. Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, one love. Yes, sir.